The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Hebrews chapter 11, would you stand with me for just a moment as we read from the Word of God? Begin at verse 1. We read, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony, that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, which we are able to possess today. We thank you that you have not left us without a teacher, for we possess the Holy Spirit. And we thank you that you've given us this body of believers, this place that we can come together and have fellowship with one another, and that we can uh, study together your word, and, and we can serve together in this place. Now as we, as we preach your word today, I pray that you would have liberty in our hearts and minds. I pray that we would yield ourselves to your indwelling spirit. And Lord, I pray that you would stir us and strengthen us in our faith today. We pray these things and ask them in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We've just read in the, in the scripture concerning the faith of some of the great men of of the word of God. And of course, we we first read that faith, and we've studied already that faith is substantial. It has substance. Now to the world and to the unsaved man, uh, our faith is is but a fairy tale. But to us, it's very real. It has substance. And there's evidence of our faith as seen in our everyday lives. So faith is is an important part of the believer's life. And if we go through our life ignorant and blind of that faith, then we lose a major part of the blessings that God intended for us. So my goal in this study, in this series of of messages, is to bolster the faith of God's people and to help us see and understand the reality of, of faith in our everyday life. We saw that Abel, Abel uh, offered a sacrifice, an, an acceptable, pleasing sacrifice, by faith to the Father. We saw that Enoch walked with God his entire life, and this pleased the Lord. But now today I'd like to look at the third example of faith in the scripture, and that is Noah. And in Noah we see righteousness gained 
through faith. Look with me again at Hebrews chapter 11 and look at verse 7. We read here, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. (laughs) We have all recently experienced the power and the fury of water. Be it in the form of torrential downpours, which we have seen over the past few weeks, or in the form of flash floods. Uh, many of the cities in our, in our county and in the areas around here have, have, have experienced uh, the onrushing waters and the flood and the damage and the destruction that comes by these things. However, for you and me, rain is a natural occurrence, right? No big deal. We see it all the time. We witness it. We experience it. So it takes very little faith. As a matter of fact, it really takes no faith at all for you and me to believe the weather report when we hear that, when we're told that we're going to get rain. We're not shocked by that. We're not, we're not, we don't, we, we don't stand back and look at that as some curiosity. But this was not the case for Noah. Nor was it the case for any person alive at that time. We read it just now in verse 7 of Hebrews chapter 11. Look again. By faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet. You see those words? You see it was a big deal for Noah. And the people alive at that time. Because they had never seen rain. It had never rained. Rain? What's rain? Well, rain is little drops of water that fall out of the sky. Oh, get out of here. There's no way. Really? Rain? Noah? Rain? It's going to rain, Noah? You see, in Genesis chapter 2... We read, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth. And there was not a a man to till the ground, but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. It had never rained, not one drop. Now, they had witnessed fog. Because we just read, there went up a mist from the earth, right? That's fog. Now, here in California, the fog rolls in from the Pacific Ocean. But in Louisiana, where I'm from, the water come, the fog comes up out of the ground. It doesn't roll in, it rises. The water table is so high uh, that... Especially in, we get, now in Louisiana, we get fog in the summer. Not in the cold weather, but in the hot weather. And that hot, that water in that hot ground with the cool air from the night and the fo- creates the steam and the fog rises from the ground. Now they'd seen that. They'd seen the mist coming out of the ground 
to to water all of the all of the earth, but they had never seen rain. So you can imagine the amount of faith that it took for Noah to believe the Lord. I mean, Noah at this time is 600 years old. He lived for 600 years. And he'd never seen a drop of rain. So for a voice from heaven to come to him and say it's going to rain. It took some faith. And more than just that. But you can imagine the amount of faith it took. For Noah to undertake the building of the ark. I'd like for you to look with me. Keep your marker in Hebrews. And let's go to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. Let me put a marker here myself. Now the Lord commanded Noah to build an ark. A boat. Well, they'd never needed a boat before. Never seen rain before. You imagine what Noah must have been thinking? Man, what in the world is God talking about? Rain? And I got to build this boat? It's going to rain so much I'm going to need a boat. But look at verse 15. The Lord speaking to Noah says, And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it, 30 cubits. Now, in translation, cubits are normally considered to be uh, the length between a man's, the tip of the finger to the elbow. That, that was a cubit. Now, granted, some men, the cubit might be a few inches longer. Other men, it might be a few inches shorter. So the, the, the agreed upon standard is 18 inches. A cubit being 18 inches or one and a half feet. So given that instruction, the ark had to be built was 450 foot long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet tall, and had to contain three decks. Now, as a comparison, this ceiling is probably, uh, I'd say about 25 feet high, give or take a foot or two. So you can imagine the ark was, was uh, twice as high as, as this, this room that we're in today. 450 feet long, that is one and one half time the length of a football field. So you can, you can get the picture of what Noah had to build. And it was 75 feet wide. Now, you might say, okay, well, that's, that's a pretty big task. Okay, but remember this. There were no lumber yards. Noah couldn't sit down and figure out the square footage, the board feet that he needed, and pick up the phone and call uh, yard birds or someplace like that and say, hey, I need uh, 52,000 board feet of uh, 4 by 12 timbers out here right away. No, 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 no. Every board... Every board that went into the ark had to be hand-fashioned from standing trees by Noah himself. 
And not just any tree. I mean, the Lord was really specific. He told him it had to be made of gopher wood. I mean, look at it. Verse 14 of Genesis chapter 6. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Really, Lord? I got to go find these gopher trees? Now, gopher wood, there's a lot of different opinions as to what this wood was, but the most, the most common opinion is that it was um, the cedars of Lebanon, which was indigenous to that area. So there were lots of cedars of Lebanon there in the area. They were abundant. They were available to Noah. All he had to do was go chop them down, split them into boards, fashion them, smooth them, and place them together on the ark. Not so big. Not so big a task, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, cedars of Lebanon, though, are pretty big trees. They've actually been recorded to reach heights of 115 feet with trunks reaching 39 to 46 feet in, in circumference. That's a pretty big tree. I mean, chopping it down by itself would be enough of a task, but then splitting it into boards would be even greater. Cedars of Lebanon were the trees that he had to use. And then on top of that, in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 14, it says, Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. Uh, the pitch that Noah had to use did not come in 50-gallon drums. In fact, Noah didn't even have drums. Noah didn't even have buckets. He had to carry that slime or that pitch from the pits that he'd find in the area. Now, this pitch is believed to have been a, a bitumen, which is a type of clay or or a slime tar type substance. It was commonly used in ancient times as cement or uh, a mortar in, in building. In fact, historians have stated that uh, it's believed that this was what was used in the building of the Tower of Babel. That they used this pitch to mortar together the, the, the blocks as they, can, as they built the uh, Tower of Babel. This pitch was used, would be used to protect the exterior of the ark from damage by the winds and, and the heat. <coughs> remember, remember it took nearly 100 years for Noah to build the ark. Nearly 100 years. Um, it would also seal the joints to prevent leaking. Because remember, it was going to be exposed to floodwaters for 150 days. Now you don't want to be in a boat for 150 days that leaks. You don't want, you're in trouble. And this slime, this pitch was going to not only protect the ark exterior and bind together the boards because he didn't have nails. He had no nails to nail our screws or bolts. So it was going to bind it together and, 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 uh, because the ark was going to stay for 150 days floating around. Actually, 190 days, <laughs> because the first 40 was when the flood rose. Then 150 days, it stayed in the water. And actually, more than that, even. 
This pitch would also protect the interior and make the ark easier to maintain. Uh, you realize there were an awful lot of animals in there. And given the nature of animals, there would be quite a mess in that, in that ark. And I was gonna, that would be quite a task to keep clean. But, but the pitch uh, dried almost like a resin and therefore it would make it easier for, for Noah to be able to clean the ark. And, and, and keep it habitable for he and his family. So the reason I go through all of this is because I want you to imagine in your mind the hardships and the difficulties involved in simply gathering materials for the ark. Just, just getting everything together to build the ark would be a major undertaking. But more than, than just the hardships... I want you to imagine for a moment the mental strain involved in spending 100 years into an endeavor which is based upon something that has never before been seen or heard of. And remember, Noah is the only one who heard God's command. No one else heard it. No one was with him to confirm to everyone around him that, yes, this is true. He would have been constantly mocked and labeled as a lunatic, probably by his own family. I mean, I can imagine even his own wife started getting on him after a while. Come on, Noah, are you, Noah, come on. I don't know. You can't keep this up. I mean, I can't even go to the market anymore, Noah, without people laughing at me and making fun of me. Can you just imagine this? For 100 years, he labored on building the ark. For 100 years, he warned men of the destruction to come. For 100 years, he kept his faith in God. Noah was 500 when God told him, according to scripture, when, when God told him that he would bring a flood upon the earth. And he was 600 when he got into the ark and God closed the door. 100 years. He kept the faith. Genesis 6.22 says, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. So I want, you to, I want you in your mind to, to understand the hardship and the, the suffering, the mental strain, the stress, the humiliation, the, the investment in, in his, own, his own resources, his strength, his, his sons. I'm sure as his sons grew older, he had, he had them help him. <laughs> you can picture all of this. And all of this was maintained by his faith. His faith compelled him to wake up every morning. His faith compelled him to go out and to start chopping down trees and to start fashioning them and to start painting them with the slime and to build that ark faithfully as God commanded, right down to the detail as God commanded that he do. One hundred years. 
And then the day of justification for Noah's faith arrived. Let's look together at Genesis chapter 7. And begin at verse 1, we read here, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Of every clean beast <coughs> thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female, of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth, forty days and forty nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. And Noah was six hundred years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. And Noah went in, and his sons, and his wife, and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood. No more building. No more pleading with with men to believe the report of God. No more mocking. He wasn't going to have to hear any more mocking. Not from his wife or his children either. Every mouth was going to be stopped. Can you imagine when that first drop of rain fell? And people looked up. And listen, this was no rain we have ever seen. None of us have ever seen a rain like this. Can you imagine the amount of water it would take to engulf the entire earth? Forty days and forty nights. Raining so powerfully hard. That it would completely engulf. In fact the Bible says that the highest mountains were covered. What's the highest mountain in the world? Everest. How tall is it? You have any any geologists here? (laughs) It's pretty tall. It's pretty tall, isn't it? And yet the water was above even that. Can you imagine this rain we're talking about? We're not talking about a rain like we saw last week. That was a pretty bad rain. But it was not this was this this would have made that look like a sprinkle. Oh, this 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 rain was was something no one had ever witnessed before and will never witness again, fortunately, because God promised he wouldn't destroy the earth by a flood again. No more ridicule, no more, no more teasing, no more mocking, no more laughing. Look with me. Let's go to Proverbs chapter one, if you would. Proverbs chapter 1. And let's look at verse number 21. We read in verse 21, this is concerning wisdom. 
she crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates. In the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Now this, this kind of sound probably sounds like Noah pleading to people in his day. Okay, let's look at verse 23. Oh, verse 24, I'm sorry. Because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But ye have set at naught all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you. Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. Do you see that? You know, some people today say, well, God is a, is a God of love and a God of, a God of passion and a God of peace. Yes, he is. But he also has a wrathful side. And we saw God's wrath in Genesis when he destroyed the earth. Can you imagine the people outside that ark as the floodwaters rose probably more quickly than they could even imagine? Can you imagine them crying out for mercy? Can you imagine them crying out to Noah in the ark? Let us in, let us in. But God had closed the door. And what God closes, no man can open. Yes, God is love and God is mercy and God is peace, but God is wrath. And God is justice. God's judgment swept across the earth. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 7. And let's look at verse number 21. And all flesh died that moved upon the earth both of fowl and of cattle and of beast and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth and every man, all in whose nostril was the breath of life, of all that was in the dry land, died. And every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and the creeping things and the fowl of the heaven, and they were destroyed from the earth. And Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. That was it. Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their three wives. Eight, I had to count. Eight people. That's it. God's judgment encompassed the entire earth. And by the way, God's judgment will come upon the earth again. As sure as the sun rises in the morning, God's judgment is coming. And if you're in this room this morning and you don't know Jesus as Savior, your only hope, your only hope for eternal life is in rest in Jesus Christ. There aren't many roads to heaven. There aren't many roads to heaven. Oprah's wrong. Oprah's dead wrong. Jesus said, I am the way the truth and the life, no man cometh to the Father but by me.
You don't go through Jesus, you don't go. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Genesis chapter 6, verses 8 and 9. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Genesis chapter 8, we read, And Noah went forth, and his sons, and his wife, and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every fowl, and whatsoever creeps upon the earth after their kinds, went forth out of the ark. And this was all because of faith. <clears throat> Noah survived because of his faith, which was counted as righteousness in the eyes of God. Now, in closing, I, I'd like to make a few brief observations and we'll be done. First of all, from this, from this story of Noah, from, from the account of Noah and the flood, we see, we see three things I want, to, I want to say. Number one, faith imparts grace to the believer. Faith imparts grace to the believer. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Grace comes by faith, and that faith given us by God, according to the measure of faith given us by God. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and it was this grace given to him that enabled him to believe the report of God, the report that no other man believed. John chapter 6 and verse 44, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. The only reason that Noah believed God is because God revealed truth to Noah. And don't forget, the only reason you believe today is because God has given you the grace to believe. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10, Paul says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. I, I could preach a series of lessons from that one verse. Paul said, I am what I am because of God, not because of me, not because of my intelligence, not because of, of my mass knowledge. I am what I am because of God and the grace that he's bestowed upon me. And you will do wise today to remember that. Oh, it's so easy for us to, to begin to believe that we're something special. It's so easy for us to believe that we can do whatever we want to do. But let me remind you, you can do nothing except it be given you by God. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained <laughs> that we should walk in them. A lot of people running around this country claiming to be Christians who live sinful, wicked lives. But I'm sorry, my Bible says that God ordained that I would walk in the works that he has ordained within me. I don't live for God because I want to get his gain his favor. I live for God because I have his favor. 
Noah believed God because of who and what God is, not because of who or what Noah was. So number one, we need to remember that faith imparts grace to the believer. But number two, we need to remember this. Faith empowers the believer to serve. Faith empowers the believer to serve. James chapter 2, we read, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Huh? I laid my dear mother to, to rest in the grave two weeks ago, I believe it was now. I was telling Brother Gary this morning, she was buried through the Catholic Church, and I sat through that service. I didn't participate in any way, but I was appalled by everything that I heard and saw. Oh, they have lots of works. Lots of works. But their faith is in Mary, not in Jesus. Oh, they talk about Jesus, but their faith rests in Mary. They have no faith in Christ. They have lots of works, but no faith. And that's what James is saying. Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Noah could not have possibly endured 100 years without God empowering him, both physically and mentally. Now, I realize men lived a lot longer in those days. In fact, Noah lived to be, I think, over 900 years old. But 100 years of building that ark would have physically been taxing for anyone. Not, not to even mention the mental strain. But God empowered him to, to do it. He, he, he enabled him to do the work. He enabled him to understand how to, how to fashion the trees into boards and how to use the materials and how to build the ark and how to design it and how to put it all together. Uh, you know, God didn't drop a set of blueprints down from heaven. It's just like the ark in the wilderness, the temple. What, is, what does the Bible tell us? God gifted men to perform these works. And God gifted Noah. He empowered Noah and gave him the ability to serve him, the ability to build the ark. None of us here today can live a life of faith unless God enables us to live that life. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And what that verse is saying is, I can do anything God calls me to do. I can do anything that God has willed for me to do through, through Jesus Christ and the strength that I gain in him. Listen, I do not serve God today because I have to, although I do. I serve God today because he has given me the strength to serve him. He has given me the ability to serve him. He has empowered me. He has gifted me. And he has you as well. And we overcome today because of his power, not our own. And then thirdly, I want to say this. I want us to remember that faith is justified in the end. You might, you might have been 
you might have been, how long, I don't know how long you've been, who, who in this room has been saved more than 50 years? Any of you? You got one, two, some of you more than 50 years? Three? How many of you have been saved more than 40 years? Raise your hand. Got a couple of those. How many? 30? Do I hear 30? 30 going 30, 30 going once. We've been saved a long time, right? For me, it's gone on 38 years. And for 38 years, I've strived to walk and live by faith. And, and, and sometimes, sometimes that gets weary. Sometimes it really gets weary. Brother Gary, have you ever been weary in your faith? Yes, he says, oh yes. Janet, you ever been weary in your faith? Yeah, sure. You get weary at times. There have been times I, I've, I've wanted to quit. Times I wanted to give up. I wanted to just throw in the towel and say, that's it. I've had enough. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. We're not going back to Genesis, so you can let that go. Galatians chapter 6. Some of you probably already know what I'm about to read. Look at verse 7, Galatians chapter 6. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I said, faith is justified in the end. Can you imagine the mockery of Noah as he faithfully built the ark? They certainly would have laughed him to scorn. They may even have thrown stones at him as he walked by. His children would have been mocked also. His wife may have pressured him, as I've said earlier. His relatives were probably ashamed to be seen with him. But in the end, in the end, 1 John 4, 4, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Listen, don't, don't get weary. I know it's hard sometimes. It really is. Sometimes it's really hard to live a faithful Christian life. And we're tempted. And we're pulled by, by the, the draw of the world. You know, the Bible tells us that Moses chose to su suffer affliction with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Can I just tell you, sin can be pleasurable. The scripture confirms that sin can give you pleasure. But in the end, what does sin bring? Death and destruction. That's right. It's, we're, we're tempted and we're, we're tested. You young people in this room, you're going to face temptations. And you're going to, you're going to face trials in your life to forsake your faith. And to, to follow the desires of your flesh. 
You don't think that for that hundred years Moses was, Noah was building that ark? You don't think a few times maybe he said, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? I've been, I've been working on this, on this ark for 90 years. I haven't seen rain yet. What am I doing? Hmm? I'm going to tell you, I've been in that dark corner. And if you tell me you haven't, you're either lying or you've only been saved a few days. We overcome because of God. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I understand that it's not easy to live by faith. John, Timoth- Peter, told, Peter told Timothy, oh, I'm sorry, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You're going to, if you want to live for Christ, you are going to face persecution. You are going to face trials. But remember, grace comes by our faith from God. And we're empowered by, through faith, we're empowered to serve God. And in the end, we will reap if we faint not. The day is coming. The day is coming, believer. Just like Noah, we will step off that ark and we'll enter into the presence of the Lord. And in that day, your faith in God will be justified. Jesus said, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. He will stop every mouth. And for you and I who are born again, he will dry all our tears and we will be ushered into eternal bliss, eternal life in the presence of our Savior. And we'll look back and we'll say, well, that wasn't so bad. It was worth it all. Just to see his face is worth it all. Just remember that. Noah, Noah reminds us of that. You know, a lot of, often when, I, when it rains, I think of Noah. And I, I remember God's promise that he'll never destroy the earth by flood. But I, when it rains, I think of Noah. And, and, and I think, man, what a, what a great man of faith. I don't know that I could have that kind of faith. I hope I could. In fact, I can. Philippians chapter 3. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I can be a good husband. I can be a good father. I can be a faithful believer. Because it's the will of God. And I can do all things that God has willed that I do through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Don't forget that. Don't let life's troubles and worries and fears overtake you because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, for the grace that we have today. Lord, I I think back to All those years ago, 38 years ago, 
when you opened my blind eyes and showed me truth. That time when you gave me grace and you filled me with faith. And I'm so thankful, Lord, that you never leave us nor forsake us. That you guide every step we take. And I pray, Lord, that we would have the faith that it takes to serve you. Bless all who are here today. Bless this time we've had together. I pray everything that was said would be pleasing to you and would be used by you to edify your children. Thank you for this time now. We ask that you would bless in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronan Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.